All right, there we go. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Oh, man. Okay, uh, Friday is here, the Friday wrap-up. Let's talk about this thing with uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. The shit show continues. And um, before that, quick reminder, latest issue of Ring Magazine is out and about. And the next issue, due to come out, due to hit stores very, very soon, uh, with Manny Pacquiao, Errol Spence being the uh, the main feature on the cover. But uh, this issue with Canelo on the cover, remember, reminder, that you get the special Showbox 20th anniversary, uh, the new generation of Showbox edition. So I just want to put those out there. Also a quick plug for my latest uh, piece. Let me go let me share my screen because I just love sharing my screen with you guys. <laughs> We go uh, to ringtv.com and you'll see the first news item. If you scroll down right here, fresh off upset when Jimmy Williams is ready to face the junior middleweight elite. And uh, Jimmy Williams was here in Atlanta a few weeks ago, fought Yuri Foreman. Yuri Foreman, remember, he was on my show, The Neutral Corner, right? He was supposed to win. It was the main event of a show here in Atlanta. And Yuri Foreman was the betting favorite. Well, Jimmy Williams crashed the party. Scores the upset win, and now he wants to take on the best in the junior middleweight division. So I had a chat with him yesterday. Go check out my piece on him on ringtv.com, okay, guys? And let's see. All of you get set up in the chat here. Make sure that you hit that thumbs up. And also, phone lines are open. Boom, there they go. Phone lines are open, toll-free in the United States and the UK. So get on there. I want to know. Uh, how you guys feel about this? Um, of course, I'm talking about Tyson Fury testing positive for the COVID. And by the way, I've got mosquito bites. I've been building a retaining wall in my yard. I've got a mosquito bite here, here, <laughs> here. And then like one in my armpit. But who gets a mosquito bite on their neck, on their freaking Adam's apple? You know how bad that itches? And then there's one right there just below. Ugh, the mosquitoes out here uh, and I wore a long sleeve shirt and they got through that shit. These mosquitoes here are no freaking joke. Okay. I want to show you guys a tweet. That's it. Well, before I do that, let me, let me just talk about what happened here and give you guys the latest and greatest information. So apparently Tyson Fury has tested positive for COVID and the third fight between Fury and Deontay Wilder, has been postponed. Now, the big question is, when are they going to do it? Well, next month, PBC has a big show between Pacquiao and Spence, right? And that's in Vegas as well. So you can't go in August. And then if Fury really does have COVID, you're not going to run it back a month later anyway because of the recovery. Uh, in September, I think that the, the venue is booked. It's all booked up for, I think there's like a big UFC show or something going on. There's a couple of concerts. So this thing ain't happening until October. That's what it looks like. It looks like we ain't getting this fight until the fourth quarter. Very reminiscent of Teofimo Lopez and his mandatory defense of his lightweight crown against George Cambosis, which was supposed to have taken place, what, over almost a month ago, almost a month ago on Triller pay-per-view in Miami, that got blown up due to COVID, and so now that's not going to happen. Remember, they were originally saying, oh, we'll come back in, in August. That's not happening. That's coming in the fourth quarter, too. So you're going to have all these pay-per-views going against each other. Nobody outside of Fury's cult, I'm sorry, Wilder's cult, was asking for the Fury-Wilder, the third fight. No one was asking for that. Uh, everyone wanted the total heavyweight unification between Fury and Joshua that was being negotiated. And then nobody really wanted to see. I mean, it's not a highly anticipated fight between Lopez and Cambosis, especially on pay-per-view. So those are two pay-per-view shows, at least with the, the Fury-Wilder fight. It was a pretty good undercard, which, by the way, all those guys now have to wait till October as well. Uh, so, man, the fourth quarter is going to be um, just crazy with these, with these pay-per-views, man. It's a, it's a clusterfuck. And uh, so there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you guys about today. Again, phone lines are open, so get on and call. Or you can just get on the chat here, and I'll throw your comments up uh, if I see them. 
Best way to get my attention is uh, to hit me with something big and bright over there. So it pops up and I'll get you on the screen. But um, yeah, so now some people are saying, and I honestly, guys, I don't know what the truth is because it's hard to trust anybody in this situation. Wilder's entire side has been fucking nuts for the last year and a half, right? Tyson Fury has always been full of shit. Bob Arum is full of shit half the time because he's a promoter. So I really don't know what to believe. I just don't know what to believe. So I'm hearing that uh, Fury was vaccinated, both shots. Then some people are saying he was vaccinated, but only got the first shot, not the second, which is really hard to believe. If somebody went to all the trouble to get vaccinated and you only got the first shot, but not the second, and nobody, no medical professional would suggest anybody get vaccinated two weeks out from a fight. In fact, I've talked to medical people about this over the summer, and I've had several people in the medical field tell me, you don't get vaccinated close to an athletic competition like this because the vaccine's going to whoop your ass, particularly that second shot. So if Fury did get the first one recently, it doesn't make any damn sense to me because no medical professional would say, yeah, go ahead and get the second shot a week or two before the fight. Nobody would say that. If he did get the vaccine, then you would get both shots and you would have gotten it months ago before he went into camp because that's what any reasonable medical professional would, uh, how they would guide an athlete. Hey, before you go into competition and start training, get this vaccine shit out of the way or else wait until after the fight, then get vaccinated because the vaccine is going to screw you up. So that's the truth, number one, with the vaccine thing. Uh, so I don't know what to believe. Is he vaccinated or not? I don't fucking know. But number two, there's rumors out there that apparently uh, several people on this team caught the COVID. Uh, so you have to, I think it's, I'm looking here at my notes. Uh, Andy Lee, Isaac Lowe, and Joseph Parker were people that apparently also had COVID. Now, again, I cannot confirm any of this. I'm just telling you guys some of the rumors that are going out there. So what you have is a situation where the, and I, I tweeted about this yesterday, the vaccine bros are really, really up in arms and the conspiracy bros are really up in arms. And some people on Twitter are like, well, what's a vaccine, bro? What is it? I'm just having fun, guys. Relax. Okay. But there are people out there and you guys have seen these people on social media um, that if you haven't gotten your vaccine right now, they think you're an evil person and you should rot in hell for the rest of your life. That, um, well, looks like my phone line just went down. Great. I'll have to call back into the phones, guys. Give me a second to do that. Uh, by the way, we are having a tropical storm out here. So, um, yeah, the, the, hopefully things don't get too fuzzy here. You guys can hear me. Okay. But, um, I got to put that up on the chat. Oh, hang, hang on guys. First of all, CJ Duncan, super chat. Thank you so much. CJ he says, they were about to bomb at the gate. Well, I, I heard things, okay? Now, I heard some things. Now, when this fight was first announced, tickets actually did move. There was like a, a quick buy-in for people that were like, oh, let me gobble these up. And then it just kind of stopped. And the closer it got to the fight, where they thought the walk-up would be really, really big, that shit really slowed down. So the initial buy-in was good. But that secondary buy-in was not going according to projections. Uh, that's what I've been told by ticket brokers that I know. Sean Thompson says Italy is going to spank England in the final on Sunday. Yeah, you know it, baby. That's going to be fun. And I can't drink. I can't even have a drink. I just have to watch it and stay sober. Damn it. All right. You guys are going to have to listen to me call into my damn thing here. Hang on. Or maybe I can mute the whole show. I don't know. I always screw this up because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. That's how professional I am. Let's see. I need a producer. I really need a freaking producer. Thank you for calling Colin Studios host and call screener line. Please mm. enter your show or meeting number and press pound. Hang on. Enter your six digit pin number. Welcome, host. All you right. are now in the host back. room and can manage your callers from the Colin Studio web right. interface. Hopefully you guys didn't hear too much of that. <laughs> All right. So I saw some of you guys were on the line. Call back. 
call back. And actually, uh, I wanted CJ to call in because CJ lives in Vegas. And we were just talking last night over text where he was saying that there was not a lot of buzz in the city of Vegas for this fight. Man, this fight was two weeks out and there wasn't too many people talking about it. So I, I definitely wanted CJ to call in and give his perspective as a guy who lives out there and is very, very well-versed in the fight scene and understands the way these things work. So uh, he would know if the buzz is legit or not. But again, from what I'm hearing, original buy-in good and then kind of a kind of a drop-off there. All right, so um, where was I? Don't know what the hell to believe with this shit, but vaccine bros. What do I call a vaccine bro? Just the people that are um, a little too in everybody else's business about the vaccine. Now, look, if it were me, okay, and I'm talking to all you guys out there as just myself here, public service announcement, if I'm not here to tell you what to do with your life, and you know, there's many different reasons to delay getting the vaccine. There's family planning involved. There's if you are an athlete who's in competition, you might need to wait until after the competition. There's different reasons why medically you should postpone it. But if you're somebody who's elderly, you're somebody who's overweight, you have comorbidities, you're at, you know, you're at risk, just get the damn vaccine. Just go do it, man. Okay. But I'm not a vaccine bro or uh, Gideon. <laughs> he's talking about the Corona bros. Yeah, man. Uh, the Corona bros with their just fear porn, man. Corona's going to kill everybody. Meanwhile, uh, we're all doing better. Everything's going to be okay. It's a real thing. That, that's the, so that's what I mean by the conspiracy bros. So when I, when I tweeted the, uh, the, uh, the vaccine bros and the conspiracy bros, there's the, the flip side of that. There's both extremes, right? There's people out there that think COVID is completely made up. It's just a completely made up thing. Or the vaccine uh, contains a microchip that the government can spy on you and read your thoughts and all kinds of crazy horseshit. So both extremes can suck my dick. That's what I was talking about in that tweet. So a few of you just, just to explain, wow. J and M on the chat. He says it's 6 AM here. Damn dude. Where are you at? 6 AM. I'm thinking cause UK is what? 10 PM about, about 10 PM. I think for you guys over there. So for 6 AM, you're way over there, dude, way over there. <laughs> Joe Six Fluffy in the chat says Joe Six Pack and Vaccine Bros. See, I appreciate that you guys get my sense of humor. Okay. There are too many damn people on Twitter and stuff that get so offended at shit and just don't get my sense of humor. Um, oh wow, Hamed in the chat says uh, R.I.P. Seb Eubank, brother of Chris Eubank, died. Wow, I didn't know that. That's really sad. Yeah, rest in peace. Did not know that. Hamed says, if COVID is real, what is the conspiracy about it not being real? Hamed, just some people think that uh, COVID isn't real and uh, this is all a hoax by the government to control people, you know, that kind of stuff. Look, man, again, there are extremes on both ends, right? The Corona bros thought that there was going to be, you know, in, in, in the United States, over 100 million deaths, and it was going to kill off almost half the population because that's what CNN told them to believe. And people freaked out. And friends of mine who are really smart, family members of mine who are smart, sensible people, locked themselves in their house for a year. Um, it was <laughs> kind of scary to see people react like that, you know, but the media is very powerful. Gideon in the chat, super chat. Thank you so much, Gideon. He says, uh, we are both military, so we probably get injected with the Rona while we were. <laughs> yeah, who the hell knows, bro? <laughs> who the hell knows? I know that they stuck a million shots in my ass when I was in the Marines. Uh, I'm sure you experienced it too, man, where you're in that room and there's like three or four nurses around you with needles and they all just boom, boom, boom. They just, they pick an arm, they pick a butt cheek. And they stick you with four or five needles at once, man, when you get those inoculations. They're not nice with that stuff. Oh, JW, you know I'm an Aussie. That's right, brother. That's right. You are an Aussie, mate. That is right. Vegemite sandwich. I, I My accent's horrible. <laughs> that was, yeah. Hey, you've heard worse from callers on the show. You've heard worse. All right, let's jump to a call. Um, and honestly, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm straight up freestyling today. Okay. So um, yeah, anything goes, whatever you guys want to talk about, but I figured you guys want to talk about this Fury Wilder thing. I'm so over this damn soap opera. I really am over this damn soap opera. I can't wait till the damn fight happens. 
All right, let's jump to the phones. Let's go. Um, 513. 513, you're on. What's up? Hey, Michael. Uh, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing? Uh, just good work. Uh, got the news. Uh, big bummer. Given the fact that we're actually getting action in the heavyweight division and just all falls apart again. I just, I, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. I just think it's a little convenient that these COVID outbreaks have been happening at Gates Center about the bomb or not being as financially successful as they predicted. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> Yeah, look, it, it's possible that this is all showmanship. I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I mean, if there's no buzz for this fight right now, if there's limited buzz, is there going to be more buzz in October? I, I, I just don't know what to believe at this point. <laughs> By the way, someone on the chat says your walkie-talkie sounds bad. You do have a pretty bad connection, bro. <laughs> Hold on, I got you. I got Right yeah, the Bluetooth is killing my ears, man. So I think everyone on the chat's probably dying here. Oh no, is that better? <laughs> that's definitely better. Yeah, that's better. Okay, so sorry about that. It's all good, man. Yeah, big, big noisy, big noisy factory. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't as hyped for the main event, but that undercard was really good, and we get to see that all again. So it's kind of. Thought it would all be, you know, at least a fun event to kind of buy into the pay per view. Like I would have ended up buying it and hopefully having a decent time. But just a, it's just a big bummer. This whole thing falls apart. And after they hyped up the heavyweight division this whole year, and nothing happened. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> it's really, really frustrating, man. Uh, this is just boxing keeps doing this shit to us and. And look, if Tyson Fury really did get the vaccine, he got both shots and he still got COVID, which that has happened. There are people out there who did the vaccine and they still got COVID. There's a new variant out. And that's why there's some people who suggest you should wait till the vaccine is updated to counter this new variant. You hear all these conflicting things. I don't know what to believe, but... Um, it just sucks, man, because th this whole thing has been held up for a whole year, dude. A whole year. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 completely ridiculous. I mean, we were sold that we were going to get the biggest heavyweight fight in 20 years. Yeah. It's going to be huge. Okay, no, we're getting this. Oh, no, wait. No, we're not getting this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just... this, this, this whole situation has made me a lot bigger fan of Anthony Joshua. Yeah, I feel like he dealt with it well, and you know, honestly, if Wilder Fury three doesn't come off, he might have the biggest heavyweight fight of the year when he fights Usyk. <laughs> he will. Yeah, I think he'll have the most meaningful fight. I mean, and look, Andrew, when these two fight, when when Wilder and and Fury fight for the third time, even though I'm talking all this shit and I'm over all the drama and the soap opera. When these guys get in the ring and we're two minutes away from the opening bell, I'm going to be on pins and needles and watching just like everybody else. I admit that. But I think you're right, dude. AJ versus Usyk, that's a more meaningful fight at this point. And um, I'm looking forward to that one. By the way, uh, I, I had never really thought about it given how uh, Tyson Fury has been really good at self-promotion. Um. Like you tweeted out that he has not defended a title once. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> he's yeah, been this, he's rated number one at the ring as the Ring Magazine champion. He has been for since February of 2020. He was a Ring Magazine champion previously and has never defended the title. Like I almost at this point kind of wish you. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know how you guys do that, but it's almost like you kind of got to start thinking about stripping the guy because it's kind of like. You got to do something eventually. You can't just like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I got to tell you, one guy in the chat said uh, you're calling from outer space, and then another guy responded, "One small step for man." <laughs> they're getting they're beating you up on the chat, man. Uh, but look, I just uh, I sh I shared the screen about the tweet that you're talking about because that tweet took off. I did not expect it to get as many likes and retweets. It was kind of a throwaway tweet right before I started to like wind down and get ready for bed last night. But it's true. Tyson Fury has been a pro for 13 years. 
He has zero world title defenses. He beat Klitschko in 2015. And to go over this for the 500th time, he had tested positive for steroids that same year. Um, so I, there's a huge asterisk over that win for him, number one. But he never defended that that win. You know, he came back three years later. Of course, I got beat up by some of the Tyson Fury fanatics on Twitter. And they were like, he, he defended against Safari when he came back. I'm like, dude, he was stripped before then. He hadn't fought for three fucking years. He was suspended, stripped. Uh, so, so that was not a defense of the lineal championship. Stop. He became lineal champ again when he beat Wilder last year because that was number one versus number two. Because at Ring Magazine, we stripped him. He had the ring belt when he beat Vlad, but we stripped him. And he got our championship belt again last year when he beat Wilder. But as you brought up, you know, at what point does he get stripped again, possibly? Well, a few people have asked about that. Uh, we can't strip him right now per our rules. But it is interesting that the number one premier heavyweight in the world right now has zero, technically zero defenses. That's crazy. Yeah, well, uh, I apologize to the chat for the crappy audio. I, I work in a steel mill, so there's big, heavy equipment going around everywhere. I just had to call in and chat with you for a minute. So I appreciate you taking my call and uh, 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 enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> All right, man. We, no, we appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. All right. All right. Uh, some of you guys, man, some of those comments were hilarious. Um, he did walk out of the factory, so the call got better. So. But yeah, uh, that was that was some funny stuff, man. Um, anyway, all right. What do you guys think about my tweet? Was I too harsh? I don't think so. I wasn't trying to diss Tyson Fury in any way, but I was just telling the truth. Look, there are Wilder has gotten a lot of flack over the last year and a half, and he's deserved all of it. Now, I'm not talking about some of the crazy stuff some people have said that, that's crossing a line. I'm talking about legitimate criticism. Wilder and his people, um, when I say his people, I mean his fans, his team, they have kind of asked for some of that criticism because of the way that they've uh, responded to that loss to, to Fury, right, and all the excuses and stuff. But, you know, you can't act like Fury's this angel. He He's not, man. Fury did consume steroids in 2015, the same year he beat Klitschko. And UCAD retroactively suspended him to just after he won the Klitschko fight, even though the samples they collected that tested hot, it was multiple samples, were collected before he fought Klitschko, way earlier in the year. It was after he fought, uh, shit, I can't, might have been Christian Hammer. I can't remember who it was, but they tested him after that fight, before the Klitschko fight, test positive. And, but you can't retroactively, retroactively suspend him, not to the dates that they collected the samples, because, you know, that would only make too much sense. They suspended him to just after he beat Klitschko. So that win, where he first established his lineal claim, that win has a massive asterisk over it for me. Klitschko wanted the rematch, demanded Vada testing. You guys all know what happened. So there's that history that ESPN tried so hard, top rank and ESPN and everybody there tried so hard to make everyone forget about. And Wilder and PBC's people tried to get everyone to forget about it too because they needed Fury's name and lineal claim on Wilder's resume. Cherry pick gone wrong. Then once Fury beats Wilder, then all the Wilder cult starts to care about that history. Meanwhile, subsequent to all that, we had the back and forth this year with Top Rank and Matchroom, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, arbitration, all this crazy bullshit. Turns out it was all for naught because the contract Wilder had was rock solid. You have to do the third fight. Okay, cool. Finally, let's just let's just have a damn fight. Something, okay? And then COVID. Yeah. All right, let's jump back to the phones. Uh, 702, you're on. What's up? 702. What's good, man? CJ, what's up, man? Hey, man. I had to wait a couple minutes to, you know, Vicky heads out around this time to go down on the strip and go make some money. So, um, go get to work. So I had to make sure the house was cleaned up. I've been listening this whole time and, uh, you know, you guys are pretty much hitting it on the head when it comes to, you know, the, the Fury Wilder, at least from, you know, how the event came up. I know that the 
the city is really quiet right now. Uh, I know okay. like you brought it, we had kind of had a conversation about it, but the city's quiet. And just to put it in comparison, you know, this tomorrow night we've got uh, out at T-Mobile, Poirier versus Conor McGregor 3. And it's a fight week usually going on that same time, it's like International Fight Week for MMA. You go anywhere around like five miles near the strip in each direction, you're at least going to get some kind of billboard, some kind of signage. You'll be able to see it from the T-Mobile banner that they push over by the freeway. You saw absolutely nothing coming into the Fury Wilder week. And then just knowing how they kind of had to compress that fight together with the litigation and that it was right around six weeks when they first announced it. And it just came off where they were going to press it. And they made it seem like they didn't need to have a whole lot of marketing push behind it. And that was a lie to begin with. We all kind of knew that because it seemed so long ago, man. But, yeah. you know, the pandemic ago, they had Fury and Wilder on every Fox and ESPN commercial. They had them on first take, second take, third take, highly questionable. And they still did even, what, cap a million, I think you said? Off the yeah, it was like nine, 900 or something. Yeah, man, they promoted yeah. the hell out of that exactly. fight, too. Both sides did a great job promoting that fight. Exactly. Yeah. And they both ended up, you know, getting paid, you know, handsomely so. Somebody's got to put that bill. And if you're not going to get a real gate, and most fight fans know Vegas, we get fights in the summer, but it's not prime time because Vegas, you know, go figure it's 119 damn degrees out here today. Not everybody wants to come and roam around, especially if it's for a fight that you're not opposed to seeing, but it's not the fight that we all wanted in the heavyweight division. Yep. So it, it makes sense that somebody, and, you know, knock on wood, you want to make sure, you know, okay, allegedly and all that if somebody got sick you hope they recover you know fully because that's not a joke but it'd be different if they would have said that it was you know knocking with it was tyson fury that would have gotten COVID. okay then there's more legitimacy to the fact of he could potentially have taken a little bit longer to come back because you brought up eloquently enough a couple of times about what's supposed to be going on with tio lopez after he contracted COVID. but from what you've gotten out of reports and what others have been reporting it's the people around tyson fury uh, yeah. I mean, you could still project to put a fight on, and just that jump for them to go from saying that they could put the fight on in you know less than three weeks of a postponement to now October. That there's not a lot of sporting teams that are here, and they were already using the MGM Grand Garden, which it's not where the NHL team plays at. So you don't have anybody that's going to be in that building to where you know you couldn't go in, and they could bump a concert off of it if there was somebody that was coming in a a fill-in-the-blank young whippersnapper or somebody, some pop star is going to be in there doing a show. They can bump them off of a weekend to be able to get that fight back. If we were going to go conspiracy theorist Pat, Uncle Al didn't want to start spending somebody else's money to do two pay-per-views, and he's going to bankroll Pacquiao Spence to try to eke some of that money into the Fury Wilder fight. Hmm. It's feasible. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the conspiracy theory, man? Because I, I I try <clears throat> I try not to get caught up in that shit. I, you know, I try to think I try to take everybody at face value, but <sighs> with this fight and that Tiafema Lopez fight, the COVID well for Lopez, the I think he tested positive the week of the fight, and then this one's two weeks before a fight, not two months before, two weeks before. It just I don't know, man. It just is COVID the latest excuse to delay a pay-per-view? I mean, dude, we've heard so many excuses before in boxing to delay fights that weren't selling well. I mean, I don't know what to believe. Yep. And it's a sad thing that, you know, because like you brought up, you know, COVID does have some realities and there's a lot of folks that lost their parents and their loved ones that they're not going to get to see tomorrow. So the fact that is boxing so unscrupulous that they wouldn't use something like that to postpone? Absolutely not. Boxing loves to play in kind of like the red light district of, you know, things that are considered sustainable and respectable, but we all love the sport. Yeah. Uh, Bob Arum just brought up that big deal when Tiafimo Lopez was announced about having the positive COVID test. He was ranting and raving to any media outlet that would stick a microphone and a camera in front of his face to talk about how poor of a production it was with Thriller and how irresponsible was, you know, T.O.'s team, that, 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 that. He's been real quiet in them streets about Tyson Fury catching, or his team catching COVID, hasn't Sure has. And there, there has been an official announcement that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't by coincidence. And I, I'd say because of, like, way back in the day, uh, when my folks were, you know, more so in the meat and potatoes and behind the scenes of the fight game and the promotion, there are stories that you got to hear, you know, when mm -hmm. you got older or just that you got to see. And 
there was always a little bit of manipulation. If a fight card didn't make sense, you could find a way to postpone it because who's really going to challenge you about if somebody really did have COVID or not? Because at the end of the day, it's something that's real that's going on. Um, and then there's still HIPAA in there too. It's just, it looks bad. And when a lot of you good folks that were out there initially bringing this story to the forefront, you know, you guys talked about it, that the fans were truly the ones that were getting hosed, that y'all were trying to throw all these pay-per-views back to back to back to back to back during a pandemic. And it ain't necessarily the prime fight that you want to see. I'm, if this is any kind of residual change, I'm glad of the fact that the fans and the people are showing like we're not just going to be idiots and just pump money off. Yeah. Uh, y'all might have to figure something else out. And again, that, that Wilder Fury fight, it wasn't a fight. It's not a bad fight. It's just not the fight we wanted to see. And it's a trip to think that out of this big summer series of fights that happened in Vegas where uh, Bob Arum and Top Rank, they took the money or, and ran over to Virgin Hotel. The best overall uh, response locally and even just the, the view of the customer that was around of being at the event during that time, it was probably with Matchroom over at Manly Bay with the Devin Haney, Jorge Lenares fight. And what I remember you saying that. that. You're allowing Eddie. Yeah, you let Eddie Hearn come in and be able to run the best overall looking event during this whole time. And even still to this point, that's still going to probably be the best event of boxing that's going on. But at least it was something that was considered affordable. You know, PBC stepped on themselves a little bit trying to do a pay-per-view during the summertime with this and just microwave this fight, which like you brought up, they already knew that there was some litigation that was rock solid. So it just looks poor on both sides. Mm -hmm. But this right here doesn't add to it. And if anything, it adds more to the notion that something just didn't necessarily smell like. Um, yeah. Because they're starting to do, they're starting to see these little leaks of videos of, you know, Manny being in town and, you know, Earl's training. They're starting to do these little side vignettes. And, and Mark Kriegel's about to start doing his little, you know, spin pieces about these fights. Yeah. We were two weeks out from Fury Wilder and you didn't see any of that. So it, it, they had the resources for it. They, it, there's no, you don't want to ever say never, but I highly doubt that they didn't know something was about to be wrong. And the only thing that you could kind of save face by saying, even if it is really bad doing it, is saying that somebody got the wrong. Yeah. I, I, I can't disagree with any of that, you know? And again, we could take everybody at face value. We could say, you know, I, I hope if, if Fury is sick that he, he fully recovers. I will say if he really is sick, this, this benefits Deontay Wilder greatly. I've always said he the the more time that passes between the second and third fight that's a benefit to wilder not fury but if fury is going to be recovering from the rona you know if you take this at face value that's going to help <clears throat> help wilder even more that's the odds are going to shift on this third fight you're going to see the the bookmakers change some of these odds um but let me ask you this man you know october I'm trying to look at the schedule like what's what's in october i guess nothing yet so I guess they're just they're gonna go if if they do if they go in October, there's the of course the Spence and Pacquiao pay per view um, in August, and then Joshua and Usyk that's in the UK that's in September. I want to say there's some big UFC show around that time as well, but I guess they figure in October they'll have the market to themselves and they'll have a little more time to push this thing. I don't know. Is it gonna be any bigger in October than it would have been now? No, but they at least be able to justify the bloodbath that the networks and the promoters are going to take a loss on in October because then they can start to prepare for their 2022 budgeting and how they're going to roll out their fights to try to recoup. Because it is fourth quarter. This fight on, on. Yeah, the way that yeah. they try to push this one together, it's a bigger risk because in October in Vegas, you're going to have mainly the weekend football crowds starting to come in, especially with this being the inaugural true season where fans will be in attendance in Raiders or Legion Stadium. So you're going to have the weekend crowds here. And it's a fight where, yeah, you'll get some eyes, but it it's not going to be like even the second fight where you might get people that will fly in for the Raiders game on Sunday that would be willing to wail and spend a good time of money and effort to go to that fight the night before. You're not going to get that crossover crowd for this particular fight because it, it didn't do well in the second fight. And again, when you talk about with all the market that they did, it still didn't break a million pay-per-view bots. And we saw the result and it it wasn't even that competitive of a fight. I mean, we're we're being completely honest. Both fights were like there were some, some mama's cooking along the way. Um, but thankfully enough, they didn't have to go to the car from the second one. To that point though, if Tyson Fury really does have Rona, 
it does benefit Wilder because it would you would think it would make Fury have to not move as much because the one thing that seems consistent when people end up getting this unfortunate uh, you know disease and go through their immune system is that it deals with their lungs. Yep. And that's the thing to get his endurance has to get back. So that's going to be to like I said to Wilder's preference because you know Fury's not going to be able to be slithery and move around all that and you know he's not going to have his lungs quarantining so. He's not going to have his yeah, lungs, and he's he's a he's an obese guy by nature, right? I mean, he's not a body beautiful, so it's going to put some weight on him. He already had a spare tire coming in to camp for this third one, so uh, yeah, I man, I think that this this is a benefit to Wilder big time if it's if it's real. Yeah, because you said that you know Tyson would you know, he had that extra weight. I would say he has to quarantine in Vegas. He won't be allowed to go to the UK and hang out with Billy Joe Saunders and get nose spray, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. I'm trying to protect everybody on this call. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it, man. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Good stuff. The big fight fight in Vegas, Vegas will be, we'll know how Vegas will recover for true big fight. When it's and when Canelo decides to do his September fight here, because mm. he can sell against Caleb Plant with anybody, and if he decides to pick anybody else, he'll still sell. And he will be the person that will truly let the fight fans know in Vegas if the fourth quarter is going to really have any events out here. Because if Canelo can't sell, there ain't no way in hell they're going to bring Fury and Wilder here. And, you know, the, the Pacquiao Spence will be a good barometer because of summertime fight, but the true barometer of where Vegas is going to be for quarter four going into quarter one where it's prime season with weather and with um, occupancy with a lot of the properties here where they're trying to do deals, it's going to be how Canelo plays out in September, which is another person where they haven't necessarily announced what they're going to do. And yeah. I want to leave one other conspiracy theory. I think all this has a connection to it's tough to keep generating money when allegedly y'all spent like a half a billion dollars on the initial seed funding and just keep running through contracts and deals. Like eventually that money has to be pulled from somewhere else. Yep. And you can't keep robbing Peter to pay Paul. There's one common denom- denominator in all these potential fights. One common denominator. I, you yeah. know, yeah. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag thank Oklahoma. You said it, man, not me. <laughs> you said it. And I respect that he's doing what's right for the fighters, but there's the business of boxing. We're starting to see some of that trickle effect off of this year. And yeah, hedge funds, but they have a difficult time trying to put money together right now. When when money's flowing in the economy, yeah, they can kind of slide some of these jumpers in last minute. But hey, some of these hedge funds, some of these money, these calls are being called back on those resources. So they can't just spot sitting there throwing out a $50 million better to try to see if this fight can return a gate. Of 75 mil. I mean, that's bad money. So we'll see. We will see. Man, great stuff as always, CJ. I've been online here for a little bit, man. Yes, sir. I mean, I appreciate it. I had to wait until the house got quiet to be able to call in. I'm going to keep listening (laughs) and get back to work, man. Enjoy the weekend. Stuff that you can't have anything to drink, but you and Tiff be safe out there, and I'll catch up with you along the way, man. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, now. Peace. Peace. There we go. CJ, always with good stuff, man. He has a very analytical mind, and he understands the fight game. So I always appreciate CJ's perspective. Um, just a good dude, too. Him and his wife, good people. And uh, last time they were out here in Atlanta, we all hung out and stuff, and I met CJ's sister. But uh, I think that was pre-COVID. You know, then the world blew up. But uh, after I'm done doing my thing, you know, this summer – uh, which hopefully all that's still on. And um, as far as I know, where all systems go for the last Saturday of August, I'll be fighting in a master's event here in Atlanta. Uh, after all that, then I can live again. And maybe we'll go out there to Vegas and get to hang out with folks again. All right, super chat from Feeling Dangerous 113. Thank you so much. He says, uh, just a little thank you for being a reliable source. Please note, I have returned safely from the moon. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate the love, guys. All right. Uh, I saw a few things going on in the chat during CJ's call. Uh, so a couple of you guys were asking about the fight tonight first. Um, man, yo, that card tonight's going to be fun. So it's on the zone. It's from L.A. Uh, of course, Gilberto Ramirez, Sullivan Barrera. That's a good matchup. Sully B always brings it, man. I like Sullivan Barrera because he will fight everybody. He really, really will. 
Gilberto Ramirez recently, you remember you guys when he tried to promote himself and then he was like, yeah, this is fucking hard. So he signed with Golden Boy. I think he's a good fit with Golden Boy. But personality wise, his personality in the ring, I mean, he's got to step up because Golden Boy is going to want to market him a certain way. Oscar is going to want to market him a certain way. And uh, Gil, you know, Gilberto needs to fight that way. He needs to be exciting. He needs to go for it, pour on the offense, and show some passion in there. He looks listless, listless sometimes in the ring. Can't have that, especially in L.A. for this fight in front of the Mexican-American fans. Dude, you got to bring that shit. So hopefully we get that. Also, the, the, to me, the, the, the matchup on this card, and don't sleep on this, the co-main, man, Joseph Diaz Jr. versus Javier Fortuna. That is going to be a banger of a fucking fight. Don't miss that one. I think it's going to steal the show. And, you know, a lot of people are saying Fortuna is going to walk through Diaz. I've heard a bunch of people saying that. I don't think so. Joseph Diaz is a little general in there, man. I think that's a very good competitive fight. Don't sleep on JoJo. I think that he can uh, win that fight. And there's big potential for the winner of that fight. Uh, By the way, this is that lightweight. Right. I think Jojo's last fight was I can't remember if it was 130 or 135. He may have already moved up to 35. He was having trouble making weight at 30. So um, I like this matchup at 135. And then there's potential big fights after this for the winner. So I definitely want to see this. It's possible Ryan Garcia could fight the winner of this fight. We'll, we'll see. Also, uh, female junior flyweight title. So Estrada taking on Tenkai Tsunami. That should be fun, but I favor Estrada big in that fight. Estrada's a little monster. I think that she is uh, top 10, maybe top five, pound-for-pound female fighter right now in the world. I think she flies under the radar because she's such a tiny girl, but she can scrap. She can bump, and she's going to win this fight and um, grab that. I think it's the WBO title. So fun card tonight, and then there's a card that ESPN Plus picked up tomorrow from Kazakhstan. And a bunch of prospects on this card from that part of the world. So you guys might want to check that out. I believe the the time will be like early in the morning here, East Coast time. It'll be like 10 a.m. East Coast time in the United States uh, on ESPN+. Plus. So if you guys on the West Coast, it'll be like early in the morning, 7 a.m. But for you guys over in the UK and stuff, it'd be perfect time if you could find a stream to that card. All right, so that's it for the action this weekend. Of course, next weekend, we got the big one between Jermel Charlo and Brian Castaño. I love this fight, and it is arguably one of the best matchups PBC's ever made. And PBC is finally going to completely unify a division. This is something other promoters have done multiple times in recent years. I can point to several examples. PBC's yet to do it, despite owning pretty much 147 and 154 almost entirely for years now. And, you know, maybe there's been one belt that they haven't had, but they have found ways to not completely unify divisions. Finally, they're going to completely unify division. And I'm going to give them tremendous credit for that. It's not easy to do, but obviously I like Charlo in that fight and we'll talk about it uh, on TNC. We'll preview it Monday, but um, I like that one. I'm excited for that fight. I think it's, it's a good matchup and it's about damn time. Uh, is Castaño as good as some people are making him out to be? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I do think that 154 maybe gets a little overhyped compared to some of the lower weight divisions. I love uh, like 122, 115, of course, is stacked. Several of those lower weight divisions, I think that's where the real the real meat is in boxing, man. That that's that. Those are the the best divisions where you get the most bang for your buck the most often. But 54 is a solid division. Very, very solid. And uh, for Charlo, I think he's going to win this fight and, and clean it out pound for pound at that point, baby. You cannot deny him at that point. So he will deserve all the credit. Can't wait to watch that one. All right, guys. Um, what else did you ask about? Oh, we got a shout out from Berlin. Man, so we got you guys watching from all over the world. That's why I love doing what I do. Because um, we get guys from all over the place. That's pretty damn cool. Pretty damn cool. I'm trying to see if there's anything else you guys were asking about. Mm, well, this is interesting. Graham Coleman in the chat says, I heard Jared Anderson stop Fury on his feet in sparring, and that's why it's off. I've heard those rumors too. It's just a rumor. 
I, I don't know what to make of it. There's guys sparring rumors go back to the beginning of boxing, you know? Um, yeah. Hawker Mustang in the chat says when AJ was stopped by Andy Ruiz, all sorts of rumors came out saying that he had just been knocked out in training. Yep. There's that too. So um, look, if that's the case with Fury, then I get this. I just wish there was a way to not involve COVID because the whole COVID thing and the vaccine thing, as I said at the beginning of this show, guys, it's just so political. Is that everything else? The media takes everything in our society and creates an us versus them paradigm so that there's only two sides you can take, one of two sides. It can never be nuanced. You know what I'm saying? Um, they just love doing that so that you get two groups fighting against each other. It's like the media loves to do that. Ah, wow, I'm going way back in the chat here. 12, 1999 says, imagine thinking Fury versus Safari is a title fight. Exactly. But I had people on my Twitter feed responding to my tweet about Fury never once defending a title that uh, were beating me up saying, well, he fought Safari. He defended the lineal title. First of all, Safari was like a super middleweight. They call him a cruiserweight, but get the fuck out of here. That guy was tiny. Um, Zach D in the chat said, uh, pro Gray Garcia. They're talking about it. They're talking about it. I like that matchup. And then uh, Usyk versus AJ. That one's happening in September. I loves it. I think that one's great. Although, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, favoring Usyk. I don't know about that, guys. I, I, I don't know about that. That is... Um, that's tough. I, I just I just don't know if Usyk has the power, or the strength to keep Joshua off of him. If Joshua could roll downhill and just work behind the jab, just one one twos, one one twos, and then time Usyk coming in, ducking down and pop, get him with an uppercut, kind of like Canelo did to Saunders. Different styles. I understand that. I'm just saying. Um, I just don't know about that. But it's a damn good matchup, and I'm excited to see it. JM says, my wife just woke up. Now I'm in trouble. She probably thinks I'm cheating with you. <laughs> There's a that's a loaded comment if she thinks you're cheating with me. There's a lot going on here. Alpha male in the chat says, like the video, people. Yes, thank you. You're gonna get the applause. Like the damn video. All right, one more call, guys. We're gonna take one more call, and then we're gonna call this. Let's jump over to the phones. And let's get 805 on. 805, what's up? Hey, Mike, what's up? It's me, Nacho. Nacho, what's going um, on, man? Nothing much, man. Just uh, kind of listening into a couple of the things. Um, I just have like a couple of points uh, regarding um, the whole fiasco of Fury and Wilder. Um, I'm kind of in the uh, boat that that I'm not necessarily buying that um, he really got sick. I think something else happened, and they're just not really going to reveal it. They're just kind of conveniently using COVID as the excuse. But the one thing that has been kind of bugging me, like seeing people talk about this on social media and and on a couple other uh, podcasts, um, it's funny how all these guys on uh, the new media – uh, that are supporting Wilder, mm -hmm. they're they're quick to throw uh, Top Rank and Fury under the bus for the fact that uh, none of the quote-unquote tickets were being sold, and that's why they postponed the fight. Well, my counter to that would be um, PBC and Wilder are co-promoting this fight, so they had a hand in pricing these tickets the way they did. So yeah. why is it that people are throwing t uh, Top Rank and Fury under the bus, like, they're the ones running the entire promotion themselves. Like, it's just funny to me that they're acting like Fury and Top Rank were the ones who priced these tickets the way they did, and in reality they didn't. And it just seems like uh, the new media is acting like uh, Wilder and PBC had nothing to do with these ridiculous prices uh, for the tickets. And, and I don't know, it just feels really convenient that they they seem to forget that uh wilder and pbc had a hand in the pricing of these tickets but they want to put all the blame on the other side i mean go figure well um, it's it's almost like they got an agenda or something you know 
Yeah, I know. Wow. Who would have thought that, right? <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> then, this, um, this is the truth that they're not talking about. Okay. And I just want to get this in here before I forget. You know, Top yeah. Rank and Fury were willing to do the third fight late last year in the fourth quarter when boxing had come back. They were going to do it in the bubble with no crowd and they'd go pay per view. Uh, PBC side wanted fans because they wanted to charge outrageous prices for the tickets to get a bigger gate to meet Wilder's purse demands on their end. So they are the reason this fight did not happen last year. They are the reason it's happening in 2021, and they are ultimately the reason why it's been delayed so far. That came from PBC's side. Top Rank and Fury was trying to do it last year. So the whole reason we're even here now you know, I'm not saying that Bob Arum and Top Rank haven't fucked things up this year because they sure as hell have. But to pretend this is a one-sided ordeal, that that's just not right. And the people that are saying that sort of thing, they have an agenda. Yeah, exactly. And that's the part that's just really aggravating to see is that they're acting like um, this isn't a co-promotion, like uh, Fury and Top Rank control the entire thing, and it's not true. Um, also, too... Uh, the the other thing right now you were bringing up uh, uh, Mikey and Progray. Yeah, um, I'm kind of in the boat of a couple of people who who've been talking about that fight. I don't think that fight happens at 40. I think that's going to be a catchweight fight because neither guy has demonstrated that they could legitimately make 40 without killing themselves. And unless they put in penalties against the other guy not coming in at 40, I mean, I don't know how likely it is that that fight genuinely happens at 40. I think it ends up being more of a, you know, 143, 144 yeah. type uh, catchway fight, in my opinion. I agree. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them, uh, you know, fight each other because both guys need an opponent. Both guys are out there. They don't have anybody lined up. So why not make the fight happen, uh, you know, sooner rather than later? Um, and then also to um, the uh, um, what was it? Uh, was, oh, and then the undercard. Um, I don't know how true it is. Is it true that they're thinking about taking some of the fights that were supposed to be on the undercard for the Fury Wilder fight and actually putting their own card together to to showcase those fights? I've been seeing that a lot as well. I've seen that too, but I haven't seen anything confirmed. There has not been an official announcement one way or the other from top rank or from PBC. So it's like I said, and I'm sorry, I don't have answers here, but I, I just, I don't know what to believe at this point. Cause yeah, e even with the pro postponement that hasn't even been officially announced by, I mean, shit, I'll go to top ranks Twitter right now and look, but like with this kind of stuff, you know, usually there's an official announcement and I'm looking here, <clears throat> top ranks, you, uh, not YouTube, their Twitter. Yeah. And there's no mention dog, just no mention of this. And you would think something this big, they'd have some sort of announcement and there's nothing. So I still don't know what to believe. Yeah. Though. Usually they'll put something out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, with, uh, the card tonight, um, I like the card that's going on today with Golden Boy. Um, I really am interested to see how uh, Jojo Diaz looks against Javier Fortuna because Fortuna can be up and down and inconsistent, yeah. but I would definitely like to see what Jojo Diaz looks at 35, especially considering he, he was overweight for his last fight and and uh, he looked he, he put in a bad performance, so I definitely hope that he redeems himself uh, with tonight's fight. And then with uh, Zordo against uh, Barrera, I think Barrera's kind of past it. He's just a name at this point. And I think Zordo's going to go in there and, and take him out and, you know, look good doing it. Um, someone was saying uh, on another podcast that they think if Zordo looks impressive, that uh, the next fight to make should be him and B-Ball. Yep. Do you think that's a legitimate chance that it happens? I think so, because of the zone connection. I think uh, Oscar was on Steve's show this week talking about that. Oscar and Eric were on Steve's, uh, Steve and Mario's show talking about that. And, um, yeah, I think it absolutely could happen. And Oscar's the kind of guy who's not afraid to put his fighters in with tough opponents. So I think that very, very well could happen. Man, that would be a great fight. Great fight. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I think both guys need it to, you know, add to their resume to prove that they are a legit threat uh, at 175 for sure. Um, and then just real quick, because I know you're not going to talk about it until Monday, but I might as well just say it right now. I'm calling the upset, Mike. I'm going with Castaño over Charlo uh, nice. next weekend. Upset special. Yeah. Look, man. I, 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 okay, well, why why do you think that? I just honestly think that he's um, he's being kind of underestimated. He has a legit resume. You know, like, this is a dude who's proven that he's willing to go on the road and take on a guy in his uh, on enemy turf. And he's gotten kind of screwed on a couple of occasions. Like, um, I thought that the, the most obvious one was against uh, Michel Soro in France. I thought he won that fight. And the judges ended up giving it to Soro, which I didn't think. Uh, was the case. I thought he did enough to win that fight, but, you know, unfortunately, they, it went uh, against him. And then the other one was against Lara. Lara. And I thought against Lara, he put a he put a beating on him, and they gave uh, Lara some uh, home cooking and let him escape with that, you know? And so I just think he's the more uh, battle-tested. He's the most battle-tested guy that Charlo has faced, in my opinion, um, out of all the guys he's, he's faced recently. And I just think he's going to come in there and he's going to go after Charlo. And I'm curious to see how Charlo responds, um, you know, to his uh, his attack. Because he can mix it up. He's a he's a good boxer and he's a solid, he's got solid pop. So I think he could legitimately give uh, Charlo problems. And I just think that he's going to find a way, I think, to, to finally get one uh, to go his way. I mean, I love a good upset, man. So if you're right on that, then I'll get, we'll give you full credit here. You called it here on the show. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay. All right, bro. All right, Mike. Uh, just wanted to call in. Thanks. Thanks a lot, man. Have a good weekend, Nacho. Yeah. Good calls today, man. Good calls. All right, guys. So, uh, one last item I'm going to hit real quick and then we're going to sign off. Um, De La Hoya, uh, Mendeli in the chat says, uh, De La Hoya dropped good tidbits of info and in interviews this week. He set the date of September 11. Uh, he, he also said maybe the 18th, though. So he says he's either going to fight on the 11th or 18th. It really depends on what Canelo does. And then he said the tank pay-per-view got 100,000 buys. Now, a few of you guys have asked about this. Uh, I'm not going to get into the whole pay-per-view discussion, um, the pay-per-view buy bros, not, get, not going into all that. I will say, um, and we'll talk about this on TNC. I will go into a little bit on TNC. But people in the media are saying Tank Davis did 215,000 um, against Barrios, 215,000 pay-per-view buys. And that, quote-unquote, outperformed his card against uh, Leo Santa Cruz. Problem is, they were reporting that one did like 250, 230. Or no, I'm sorry, 225, 230 last year. So how can it outperform if it sold less? It kind of shows you that some of these mainstream media types, look at the people that have been getting certain jobs recently and the networks they're getting jobs at and the agenda of what those networks are pushing right now. And just do the math, guys. These things are connected, okay? And uh, they didn't get their story straight before tweeting certain things. The pay-per-view did more than 100,000 buys, or I think Oscar said it did like 90,000. It did more than that. It didn't do 200,000, though. It was in the upper 100,000s, uh, so somewhere between 150 and 200. But honestly, we're nitpicking over 100,000 pay-per-view buys. Seriously, right? And people in the media are nitpicking over 10, 15,000. Decades ago, we were nitpicking over millions. We were nitpicking over hundreds of thousands, right? depending on sources and stuff like that. Now people are nitpicking over 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. It's kind of sad where it's gotten to. And there are people out there trying to tell all of us that a guy who sells 170, 180,000 pay-per-view buys is a superstar. Now, to be clear, I think his fight, I think Davis's fight with Santa Cruz did sell a few more, maybe 20,000 more, because Leo Santa Cruz does carry somewhat of a name against Barrios, this was a market tester where they were like, well, let's fight a complete no name, no disrespect to Barrios. But the brass at Mayweather Promotions was like, let's fight a complete no name and see 
uh, how well Tank carries a promotion. This was, look at the undercard and everyone who fought on this event. This was 100% Tank Davis. And it didn't crack 200,000 buys. So is Tank Davis a star in a particular niche audience? Yes. Floyd Mayweather has marketed him to his fan base, to the hip-hop community, pockets of the African-American community. It's, it's, it's so stupid the way the media looks at the African-American community as a monolith because it's not. It's very diverse. But there are pockets of the African-American community that Tank Davis is popular with in the hip-hop community, in the reality TV community, uh, Floyd Mayweather's fans because he's Floyd's guy. But what you'll hear a lot of people say is, oh, who's that little dude that hangs out with Floyd? Yeah, I, I saw a clip of him knocking some guy out the other day, some Mexican dude. Yeah, I like that guy. That's pretty much how people talk about Tank. So they know about him in certain niche communities, but he's not a crossover superstar. Stop with that bullshit. Just stop. Uh, Hamed's asking if I will load this on Spreaker. Yes, I will put the audio up there on Spreaker, and I will uh, make sure I do that tonight because I love you guys. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, Monday, we'll see you on Ring's YouTube channel for TNC. TNC is back. All right. All right, guys. Peace.